Well, hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. Folks, thank you for being with us this Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Folks, you're with us today as you've been for the last five years at 1 p.m. on Saturday because you want to hear this 30-minute of fast-paced expert opining. You tune in to us because you know that we can bring it to you very quickly and very accurately at the speed of sound, and that's why you tune in. Today, folks, I want to talk about what it is about the left and uh, and and how these these uh, these Democrats, these communist Democrats, have become the anti the anti free speech advocates. Uh, it's really interesting. You see, on the left, folks, being anti free speech is not just welcomed; it's it's rewarded. And you know, there there isn't anything new here. I mean, what 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 is new is the level of creepiness that soaked liberal dialogues about. This fundamental right. Liberals are so incensed that that A, other views exist, and B, they they must tolerate said opinions that they've established and and ethos where we're suffocating the, the First Amendment with a pillow is just not warranted but necessary for society. The most extensive, extensive and intrusive system was revealed to be housed in Silicon Valley. Where former, uh, you know, former lefties and 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 you know, for former fake news experts and other whatever were hired in top positions, these these communists in top positions regarding, uh, and especially regarding content moderation. You know, the FBI even put the FBI even put a dedicated team of dozens of agents to to police and look through social media postings and ban certain accounts and reduce the reach of others, and influence public opinion in the process. That's what they're doing. You know, the left's agenda items have gone so far outside the mainstream that the feelings and emotions are the only things that prop up these initiatives, and which, which don't do well when pressed against facts. Hence, the anti-free speech advocacy that's camouflaged as public safety. I mean, that's what it is. Both parties are guilty of this behavior. McCarthyism and and you know and red scares were 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 atrocities, okay? But but the West penchant for stifling opinions, even innocuous ones, okay, that they don't comport with their reality is 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 insane, okay? As classical liberals who are appalled by these antics, okay, have observed their side used to be for, used to be for free speech, you know. You see, Berkeley was a was a mecca to to express opinions of all sorts freely. Now, forget it. The mob burns you at the stake if you say anything you shouldn't say. Okay, I mean, you know, if you if you if you say that pornography shouldn't be in middle school libraries, you're going to be burned at the stake. Be called out. It's amazing. It's going. It's going. Uh, it goes international as you've got these other leaders in these other countries. Okay, who throw in there, basically. Uh, Throwing their towel, I mean, and basically they're 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 going to basically support support the uh, equating free speech as, as a weapon of war. Okay, I think I heard John Turley made 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 a comment. He uh, he basically uh, summed it up, and he he said that you know he, he's talking about um, you know the the fact that uh, <clears throat> they they declare free speech as a virtue weapon of, of war. And they and they and in the empathetic face of, of raw censorship and tolerance, 
I mean, they, they're they're the they're they become the face, if you will. They 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 they're now the virtual ambassadors, if you will, at large for global speech criminalization. I'm amazed at this. I'm absolutely amazed at this, and uh, I just think it's it's compelling. Okay, and these people went to the best schools. I mean, you know, they they went to the best schools, and yet they come out they they believe that the the oceans are rising. I mean, I don't know where they get all this. They're just insane. They've lost it all. They've lost their they've lost their ability to reason. Is what it is. They've lost their ability to reason, and I just think it's compelling because it's just when you look at, you know what kind of public policy they come up with. Well, they're very good about it. They've come up with a horrible public policy and they all stick together as, as they always do. It's just, it's just interesting. I mean, uh, and you know, I, I got, I, I want to jump into the, there was a comment, a comments made by the education secretary about parents and they were very, very concerned. Okay. So Miguel Cordona, which is a Biden's secretary of education. He was in an interview with the associated press earlier this past week in which he sought to brush aside concerned American parents who've grown alarmed at both the leftward lurch of their kids' schools' curriculum as well as the efforts by schools to conceal their dive into radical ideologies and policies, even when students are endangered as a result. Okay, this is insane, these people. I mean, in response to the usual softball question from the AP about whether um, other secretaries of education have gone, have had to grapple with attacks on public education. This guy had quite the take. He goes, I've never seen it where it is now, he says. While many American parents would agree, at least in part, that public education has veered off the correct course of preparing children for future development and training them to use the skills needed to compete in the world, leading families to see this, these things have, haven't, that they haven't before. His point, though, Cardona's point was was a warm-up for an attack on those parents who've grown increasingly alarmed at the playground of radical ideas that, that the public education has become. He said, he made a comment, he said, there was civility. There was civility. We could disagree. We could have healthy conversations about what is best for kids, trying to explain, and, you know, he, he said, I respect differences of opinion, he claimed, before dropping the real purpose of his point. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and acting like they they know what what's right for kids. But I want to I want to read that quote again because I think it's very important. This 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 communist who's heading up the Department of Education says he has no respect for people that are misbehaving in public and acting like they know what's right for kids. Whose kids? Their kids, or are they Condona's Cardona's kids? I don't get that. I mean, this is what they, they, they believe that these kids are their kids. That's what it is. He's openly dismissing thousands of American parents who've been speaking out at school board meetings. That's what he's doing. He, he's dismissing them as radical nuts that are misbehaving in public. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just, I mean, I'm, folks, this is what the school districts are trying to do schools today and this is what they're all doing this is what they're 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 taking over the they're basically trying to take over our our education system and and with their radical corruption if you will they're teaching our kids to hate they're teaching our kids to not love their country we see this all the time and i think it's it's compelling because what you don't see right now is education you know 13 schools 13 high schools in baltimore 13 
15 high schools in the city of Baltimore did not have one child proficient in math. Not one child proficient in math. In the city of Baltimore, 13 high schools in the city of Baltimore. Folks, that's the truth. And, you know, where was Cardona on that? He's more, he's commenting on their, on parents of children misbehaving in public because they want to take pornography books out of the libraries, of these school libraries. Okay, that's what he's upset about. He's upset because we're teaching our kids to hate. Okay? We're teaching our kids that, that our country was, was founded with evil intent. We're teaching our kids to be revolutionaries. We're teaching our children to hate their country. To think it's okay, okay, to to disrespect the country. I mean, literally, to, they, they think it's okay. They, they think it's okay to let China succeed past us because, after all, we have a dark and evil past, and we deserve what we get. I mean, it's amazing that you've got people that are looking and hoping for the demise of this country, and they're coming out of our schools. You know, it's funny. I I made a comment to one school board director, and he said, "Well, how do I know if we're teaching?" Uh, anti-American rhetoric in our schools. I said, well, find out how you're teaching the Thanksgiving Day, the Thanksgiving miracles. They, find out how, you, how your school's teaching. How are they teaching the Thanksgiving miracle? Because that really is the, the truth of it. I mean, if we're teaching the Thanksgiving Day miracle in such a way that, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, think about it, okay? I mean, how, how, how are they teaching it? You know, when you, when you look at the Thanksgiving Day miracle and you look at the Thanksgiving miracle, you understand what it's all about. Okay, when you understand, okay, that that our our or basically, I mean, we, what we have is the real miracle, if you will, of Thanksgiving. That we had, we had a group of people that came over here, okay, and uh, you know, from 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 England, if you will, they came over here and they were uh, <clears throat> they 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 were about ready to die in their first winter, and they 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 were spoken. They they had a they founded an Indian a local uh. A Native American here and a Native American Indian that was here that spoke English. The miracle that they found somebody that spoke English in this country. You know, that's the thing. How are they teaching Thanksgiving? I mean, that's the thing that really strikes me because it really does. It comes down to, I mean, when you're looking at it, you're realizing, okay, well, you've got, you know, Thanksgiving Day, if you will. I mean, you, you understand that the content of it all, okay? The biblical content of society. And that's what it comes down to. You know, we have to understand from a biblical context as to what happened and, you know, and what's going on in this world. And we got to start from the reality that our society isn't seeing right from wrong. And we can't tell they, 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 they and they, they can't tell their right from left. Our society is reprobate and can't see objectively. That's the fact. These kids are graduating to schools under Cardona's school. And that's, you know, his, his leadership, if you will, the secretary of education. And we're dismissing the reality that our society is is upside down. You know, I mean, let's start with the reality of what society is. And I don't need to remind anyone about the Christian worldview, okay? We know what we are seeing and hearing and experiencing in the world with our own senses. We all know that it's inescapable. I mean, Isaiah 5 says, Bitter is now preferred over sweet and evil is chosen over good. Everything is upside down. What is happening in our country and around the world? We are in the middle of a divine judgment, and God has the final say. But that's reality. I mean, Romans 1.18 uh, says, Any nation or association of human beings that constitute a culture or society 
will receive the wrath of God's judgment if they turn away from the truth and seek righteousness. The wrath of God works inevitably and justly. And you have to understand that that what you know, people are sinners, and it's people that are it's people that are sinners, some worse and some not as bad as others, but sin nature is born in us as evidenced in everyone that we all die and we have trouble and we get we get sick and you know babies in the womb can die and some die in their crib but little children can die before they commit sin but you know we all ask why is that though well the reality of death is woven into the fabric of humanity we've all inherited a sinful nature and this is what it comes down to it but what's happening right now in education is we're graduating kids folks that don't know math and we're teaching these kids how to hate this country how to hate our history there is so teaching people in a revolutionary way and then this is what's kind of concerning a lot of people so i think what's amazing to me and we have to realize so what is the secretary of education cardona talking about why is he dismissing people you know what is he i mean why is he dismissing uh you know parents why is he dismissing uh you know parents and school board meetings why is he doing that you know, we have to ask him. We, I can tell you, folks, he's he's upset because he sees that Americans, uh, what COVID did was flush out this crazy curriculum. COVID flushed out this crazy curriculum. COVID flushed it right out. And we understand now more than ever that um, this curriculum is what it is. And, you know, and, and, and Americans just don't like what they see. They don't like what they see. And I just think it's dismissive. I think, you know, what you saw with the Department of No Justice when Merrick Garland issued his statement and put threat tags on parents for screaming out. There was one one parent, one father in Virginia whose daughter was raped in a bathroom by a boy and uh, in the bathroom. And, of course, the school board tried to brush it under the rug. And uh, he, he lost it out in the meeting. I mean, he lost it. And he literally, they, they wanted to put threat tags on that parent. You know, the, these are things that are going on right now in our schools, which are just wrong. And I think our I think our parents right now are getting outraged. I think the inner city education is so bad. The city of Baltimore not having one child, not one child in high school out of 13 high schools. Math proficient. That is some scary stuff. What is the future of these kids? What is the future of children who have not one that, that aren't proficient or even reasonably proficient in math? What is their future? What is it home for them? You know, it's really, really sad. I mean, you know, the the the. I remember that I was watching a Roseanne Barr uh, interview from back in 1998. She she interviewed Donald Trump, and she, believe it or not, uh, you know, she she had uh, Michael Moore on there, and at the same time, and Trump and Moore were sitting next to each other, and Trump was listening to Michael Moore talk about how Michael Moore hated society because of all these people that are successful. He made a comment. He goes, many of these people can't relate to being in an unemployment line. He says, I've been in three unemployment lines. Now this is 1998. I'm going to say Michael Moore was probably about 35 then. Okay. Or whatever. But he's been in three unemployment lines. I couldn't believe it. Three unemployment lines. I thought you've got to be kidding me. I mean, this is a guy who's been in three unemployment lines. So he says that he made a comment. He says, I mean, can you relate to somebody who's been in three unemployment lines? You know, the guy's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> in 1998, I guess he was about, he was almost, he was he was a little over uh, 45 years old, maybe. <laughs> but he, 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 I mean, here's a guy in his mid-40s 
who had already been in three unemployment lines. I can tell you, folks, I was 61 and I've been in one unemployment line back in 1981 when I got a, when I was laid off. And I can remember I got laid off. I remember the guy he sent me home. He says, I'm sorry, we're going to lay off. Season's slowing down. They sent me home in a layoff. And I called, like I called, I swear I called every three days about my job. I was calling, 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 calling. Finally, I said, okay, you can come back. You can come back. I remember that. I remember uh, Bob, my, 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 the assistant foreman, I was calling that guy, like I want to say at least every week. Because he said, only for a little while, just a short time. I'm like, okay, well, wait. I didn't know because I got to come back to work. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, I need a job. And uh, I remember calling him and calling him. And finally, I got hired back. I'm going to say it was after about four months of being unemployed. That's the only period of time in my entire life I've been unemployed for any length of time. And Michael Moore had already sat in three unemployment lines. I just think that's unbelievably rich. And this is a guy that's becoming a noble carrier of of work ethic in this country. So he's talking about the profiteering back in 1998. He was talking about the countries that were making money uh, by farming work, uh, you know, by farming work to uh, overseas and stuff and about how the, the, the gross profits that are being earned by these companies weren't being shared. They weren't being shared by, uh, by the companies to their workers. And I'm listening to uh, Trump, watching Trump look at it. I'll never forget it. And the honest, sit there and watch it because what the way Trump went, he's just very polite, very, very polite. But Michael Moore demonstrated that that is the mindset that's running this country right now. The Michael Moore mindset is what's running this country. And the media is not calling it out at all. And it's funny, Roseanne Barr made a comic as Michael Moore said, well, you know, I've been three unemployment lines. I've been broke. I've been skin broken. And then Roseanne Barr says, yeah, but you were never a billion dollars in the hole like Trump was. <laughs> A billion dollars in the hole. And, you know, oh, yeah, never a billion in the hole, you know. But, you know, this is this is amazing. I mean, you know, where are, where's Michael Moore now? I mean, with, with this electric car nonsense. Doesn't he see this as a problem? I mean, this is what's amazing. These people, they, they don't even understand that their green Cretan policy is going to put American car makers out of work. It's going to it's going to fund jobs overseas in, in China. It's going to help the Chinese economy blossom. Don't they see this? Don't they understand this? You know, where's Michael Moore on this now? Where, Trump should be getting all kinds of support. I think what's interesting is Trump is going to identify with these people at, as trying to protect their jobs from going overseas. He's going to make that point. He's going to masterfully do this. This is going to drive the Democrats nuts because Trump's going to be talking to these strikers. It's going to be interesting because he's even talking about their concerns. And and the, their advocates, like the you know the the people they thought were their advocates, their advocates, the the Joe Bidens, if you will, they're not an advocate at all. These people aren't advocates. These people are, you know, they're just they're sycophants. They're looking to make money uh, from from foreign investment. They're going to push industry so that they this crony capitalism. They're going to push it so they make money. I mean that's what it's all about. I mean crony capitalism is the pursuant of public policy. That's going to create an atmosphere, if you will, of certain industries to survive. Not because not because the market drives the industries, but because the policies drive the market. See, crony capitalism is when they pass public policy to affect the markets. True capitalism is when business is, is allowed to run and government gets out of the regulation part of it 
and and the public gets to pick what product and service they want. You see, folks, we understand in business that for a business to survive, we need to we need to find out what consumers want, what customers want, and are willing to pay for, and give them more of it. That's what our goal is. And what all Biden's saying, well, Americans don't know it yet, but they're really going to want electric cars. So I'm going to force this public policy out there, not because I think it's what's best for Americans, but because I believe it's what's best for me and my investors. You see, this is what crony capitalism is. They pass public policy to benefit them and others like them. It's not for the betterment. It's not for the, the betterment of America. It's not for the betterment of the workers. So these poor people that are out there trying to make a living in Detroit and in Michigan, okay, that they're, they're watching their cars, they're watching the automated automobile jobs leave this country. They're seeing the battery jobs, the battery operated, the electric cars, if you will. They're going to see those jobs be going to China. Solar panels are made in China. It's just amazing. And of course, you know, they're forcing these inefficient cars. So they're going to drive up the cost of energy. They're going to raise the cost of living for every American. Okay, raise the cost of living for every American. And at the same time, reduce the standard of living for every American. That's a phenomenon. I don't know where the media is on this. They want to increase the cost of living while at the same time reducing the standard of living. That's something we cannot miss, folks. And this is what the Democrat policies are doing. I mean, I, if I was to debate guys like Michael Moore now, and believe me, I, I, he wouldn't be hard to debate. I would say, Michael Moore, explain to me how we're, we're, how your policies, your green creed and policies, want to raise the standard of living for every American. Okay? How, how is that going to happen? How is it going to lower the cost and, and improve the pursuit of happiness for every American? How is that going to do it? And as he goes on and on with his stories, you simply say, well, look, it's obvious to me that higher energy costs will drive will drive inflation nation and drive the cost of living up for every American, while at the same time, the products we'll be giving them, the electric cars and the solar panel that to cool and warm their houses, that the power that won't come from those solar panels, okay, I mean, will reduce their standard of living. So what I say, say what I say, Mr. Michael Moore and, and Joe O'Biden is that your policies will reduce my standard of living while increasing my cost of living. And you're saying that they will increase my standard of living by reducing cost of living. Show me how that is. That's an easy debate to have. I, I think if you were to take the Democrats and say, explain how your public policy will reduce the cost of living for every American and increase their standard of living. And if that is the debate, folks, at this November, if that's the debate next year, we're going to win this election handily because... You know, like when Ronald Reagan said, are you better off today than you were four years ago? I would say it even better than that. Is your standard of living better than it was four years ago? And is your cost of living, is your cost to live and live in this country, is it higher or lower than it was four years ago? If you're spending more to live and you have a lower standard of living than you had four years ago, both for the Republicans and Donald J. Trump, if your standard of living, if your standard of living is better and your cost of living is lower then I guess the I guess the crazy, insane policies of the Democrats work for you. But I think, folks, you're going to find those people few and far between. Everyone can agree. I think most people, and that's why Trump's approvals with suburban women and women in general is up like 12 points and, and oh, Biden is down 12 points. And this was basically a recent Fox News poll, which I thought was, I think was very compelling. I mean, literally, the bottom fell out of Biden's core support of women voters and the 
And Trump got a boost from women voters, unbelievably, because I believe they see every day, as most Americans are seeing, that their standard their standard of living is decreasing, while at the same time, their cost of living is increasing. Folks, we have to leave it there. Thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today. Thank you for taking the time to be with us this Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. See you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.